This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Welcome to Conda Mason's Brown Rice Hour, a podcast that quilts together a fabric of connection between land, race, money, culture, and spirit. Discover a connection that engages with the most inspiring and cutting-edge thought leaders today, pointing toward our collective healing and liberation. If you are interested in supporting the Brown Rice Hour, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com forward slash Conda. Hi. Hi. You have such a good radio voice, Conda. Oh, I thank you. Really, um, you got that deep voice. I am um, welcoming you to my podcast. This is, I'm Conda Mason, and this is my, my new podcast that is called The Brown Rice Hour. And The Brown Rice Hour is, uh, we're having conversations, intersectional conversations um, of land, race, money, culture, and spirit. And mm. I am super excited to have you with me today. Today, I have my good, dear friend and comrade, Anasa Troutman, with me. And thank you for saying yes, Anasa. Asking me, I would never say no to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was never even a thing. Not even a thing. That's Never good. even a thing. That's really. I mean, good. it's already you, but then you want to talk about all my favorite things all at one time. Yes, I know, that. right? I know. There's so much to talk <laughs> about. There's so much to talk about all those issues, and um, and so I always begin by opening up sacred space, and one yes. of the things that I do is um, just acknowledge the land where we are, the indigenous land, and. I'm um, on Ohlone land here in Oakland, California, um, the uh, Ohlone people. And um, I wanted to ask you if you know the indigenous people of the land where you You are. know, I do know. And I, we have been doing this um, um, community engagement process for the past six weeks, I guess, mm-hmm. over at Claiborne Temple. Uh-huh. And we wrote this whole land acknowledgement oh. that we read every week for oh. everybody. And I'm trying to find it so I can oh. read it to you because it's really beautiful. Mm. I might not be able to find it quickly, though. So Okay. Well, I probably Maybe should. I'll have to come back to that. Yeah, you can come and back. I can edit it in. Exactly. We can edit it in. Yes. So, um, 
as the other part of uh, sacred space, I like to just acknowledge our ancestors. That's, that's an important part of my life constantly, constantly mm-hmm. thinking about and uh, being informed by the energy of the ancestors and knowing that, you know, their love and resiliency is why we're here today, Amen. knowing what they went through, you know, and, and they kept on keeping on and here we are. Mm-hmm. So I want to give that acknowledgement as well as, um, you know, wanting to be good ancestors ourselves and for those who are coming behind us. So I just like yeah. to center ourselves in that kind of energy. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. I found our land acknowledgement was really long. <laughs> so we're not going to read it, but we are on Chickasaw land here in Memphis. Okay. Chickasaw. Right along the mighty Mississippi. So you are there in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And um, the last time I was there, it was so wonderful to spend just a few hours on my way yeah. to the airport, right? And <laughs> <laughs> we had a chance to talk and break some bread. It was a magical bread. few hours, though. It was. It was really mm-hmm. beautiful. And I'm looking forward to coming back to Memphis. I um, That was my first time in Memphis. Really? Yeah, it will not be your last. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. You know, and I have such a long history of music business in my in my bones, in my soul. Yep. The work that I've done in Memphis is such a center of music and so black music. It is. it is. Yeah, yeah. I often say that creativity is Memphis's number one natural resource. Creativity. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I would say in Oakland, it's, um, uh, you know, it's like... Um, Activism. Yes. <laughs> it's our number one export. Number one natural resource. Exactly. <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to begin by, uh, you know, reading this incredible bio. Oh, I mean, gosh. Know, yeah. So oh, just, just, yeah, okay. just bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> all right. Because we got to let folks know who you are and mm-hmm. all how amazing you are. So I I see that you, so in, in, in a sentence, I would say um, that um, Anasa is leveraging stories for social impact leveraging stories and you have done so many things so Mm. it begins with um saying a cultural strategist a writer a producer an entrepreneur anasa is committed to shifting global culture to a culture of care and as president and ceo of the big we i love that the big (laughs) we anasa and her team engage deeply in storytelling as a pathway to this transformation and execute culture-based strategies for artists, organizations, and brands that are aligned with their vision of a just and loving world. Based in Memphis, Tennessee, Anasa's provided strategic and creative support in many important cultural, political, and social justice spaces, but is best known for her work as a strategic advisor and executive producer for the longtime friend an amazing badass artist, <laughs> India Ari. Yeah. Yes. And Anasa's latest project is the restoration of the historic Claiborne Temple, the Memphis Church, that was the organizing headquarters of the sanitation worker strike, strike of 1968, where Martin Luther King Jr.'s his last campaign 
and transforming it into a center to build cultural economic power with Memphis's African-American community. Amen. From your lips to God's ears. Wow. I mean, you know, it goes from, there's so many things you're good at and that you, (laughs) I mean, honestly, it blows my mind. It's like, and, and I know that People also look at, you know, the things I've done and they go, what does this have to do with that? But I get it. I see. I know you do. It. That's why I love you so yes. much because all the things I do are all the things you do. Yes. And I you see the better. No, no. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, wait, wait. Ho, ho, ho. Not, not true. Not true. <laughs> not true. Maybe you've been doing them a little longer because I'm yes, older, but that's bit. about it. That's about bit. it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always start my, my, my podcast off with this question. I don't have nothing to do with nothing that we just mm-hmm. talked about. Okay. Here's the question. All right. So the brown rice hour is called the brown rice hour because um, brown rice was one of the most pivotal. um, When I got introduced to brown rice and started eating brown rice, it was one of the most pivotal times in my life. This is when I changed my entire life. I changed my diet. I Mm. did this whole um, macrobiotic Mm -hmm. um, movement was out then. This was in 1975. Mm -hmm. And... um, and the eating of brown rice became this incredible change in my life and mm. my whole constitution and everything mm. changed. And I was um, microbiotic for a while and, and the basis is brown rice. And it became this comfort food, this food that I just, mm. Mm. And, and so brown rice for me is something that I still love today, but it was really a pivotal point for me mm. as, as, as strange as that may sound. And so my first question, because I believe I love food, all right? <laughs> and I think food tells a story. Food mm-hmm. tells us, uh, tells a story about a people. I agree. And I'm curious to ask you, what as a child was your favorite comfort food <laughs> and who prepared it? What an interesting question. You know, I don't remember my mother cooking a lot. Okay. We always talk about this. <laughs> I basically learned how to cook from Martha Stewart and B. Um, Smith uh-huh. oh, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we ate, but I don't remember time in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But I really loved two things what when I was it? a child. Was One it? of them was blueberries. Blueberries? And the other thing was avocado. Uh-huh. And my mother, they used to call me the blueberry monster, as a matter of fact. That's how much I love blueberries. (laughs) And I just remember, you know, just eating raw, plain old blueberries or avocados. Wow. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Jersey. In New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did. I I was a big fan of peanut butter and jelly. I will not lie. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking about comfort, like what my favorite things to go to, yeah. and I just was yeah. like, I just want to feel all yeah, juicy. Yeah, yeah. Blueberries and avocados. Blueberries and avocados. For avocado. sure. For sure. To this sure. day. To this day. Well, that's interesting. I am um, blueberries. Absolutely, my favorite berry. I have a ton of it, and I freeze them. And I have. I tons have about of frozen. three gallons of wild blueberries in my freezer right now. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I can dig it. And I, <laughs> I put them in smoothies. You put them in smoothies? I sure do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And you know what? Guess what? What? I have a garden out front, you know, like a lot of people, you know, what do you do during coronavirus? Corona, you, garden, you, yeah, you garden and bake. Garden, right. Garden and bake. I'm gardening, mm-hmm. but I, I, and that's, I love to garden anyway, but I, um, 
someone gave us, uh, my sister who I live with for her birthday this like, last month, um, blueberry plants. No. And I am growing two blueberry uh, plants. What? Yes. And one of them so far is doing that. really good. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's awesome. I'm very excited. So as soon as the blueberries come, I am going yes. to package up a little Ziploc bag. I accept. Sending it straight to Memphis. I accept. <laughs> you know, that's one of the reasons I've been practicing indoor gardening and like mm-hmm. right now I want to buy a house just so I can have a real garden outside. I'm like, the only mm-hmm. reason I want to buy a house is for a garden in a real kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Garden in a real mm-hmm. kitchen. Mm-hmm. I know there's nothing like food and, and mm-hmm. fixing your own food and mm-hmm. especially growing it and fixing mm-hmm. it. I love it. Different. It makes it, it makes life feel different. Yeah, it is. It is. It mm-hmm. is. I remember my, my um, mother's family were farmers. <clears throat> right and my mother grew up on a farm and I remember my grandfather when he lived in Springfield Massachusetts at the later end of his life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going to his house and going in his garden and just picking fruit and vegetables mm. just eating right off the vine and then we lived in Charleston for a little while when I was a kid and my mother had a humongous garden oh wow all right humongous garden growing up and all vegetables and fruit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just feels like something you're supposed to do we are supposed to yeah we are supposed to i'm yeah. out there growing a lot of food right now it's and awesome it's great awesome. it's great there's nothing like it and so one day one day it's coming <laughs> i'm like it's- i've been looking for land, like a big old plot of land for probably a year in so when I decided I was going to stay here, because, you know, I was supposed to be here for six months. Right. But after I decided I was going to stay, I'm like, oh, I need to find some land. Okay. I need to figure so this out. You're looking for some land right now mm-hmm. in Memphis, in the Memphis yeah. area. Yeah. Memphis, northern, n- northern Mississippi, you know, around okay. there. I have this, like, if you ask anybody in my family, like, what's my ultimate goal? They'll tell you the compound. They Everybody knows it. The compound. I've been talking about it for years and years and years because when what's I was. compound? When I was in my, I guess, late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. I was really, really keen on living in an intentional community. Yeah, beautiful. And I traveled around looking for one. Like, mm-hmm. I was serious. I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I literally never met one other Black person at any of the places that I met and visited. Yeah. And in some places, it was, like, so bad that it was... I knew that I was going to become a novelty. I would be yeah. like, oh, we got a black one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just driving right in. Didn't even have to go find her. She just showed up. We got one. We got one. Yay. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. No, thank you. Because it doesn't yeah, feel like, do that. that doesn't feel like community to me. No, no. And it also doesn't feel like the kind of community that I want to live in. Because for me, the whole point right. of intentional community is practicing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the a future, community like of practice. practicing the the world that we want to. That's right. That we want everybody to live in, and right. the world that I want everybody living is not the world where there's one black woman who's a no. novelty. That's not no. the world. No. So no. I have been like mm-hmm. hell bent on building this community for years at this point. Mm. So much so that my family knows that like it's coming, and when it doesn't mm-hmm. need to pack their stuff and let's go. Mm. So maybe maybe it's, it's gonna be it, here. Is, it, is there room for for another little black girl to come what? up at the, Listen, at the compound? There is nowhere that I am that you can't go. 
Well, let me tell you something, my dear. I, too, have had an ongoing, deep desire to live in intentional community. Have you? Yes, I have. Whoa. And it's, um, I was just talking about it just the other day to some friends. And um, it's very interesting that you, we need to talk offline about this because I really am very interested and I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, the parameters of it, like, you know, what I want to do is get out of, Americans say they want to do certain things that sound mm -hmm. collective. But when you boil down to it, if it ain't about, you know, no, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have this me, me, me mm -hmm. mentality that is not collaborative. That it's is not. Culture. It's our culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do we get through that barrier that stops us? Yeah. That stops us. Yeah. And so I am I really interested in that because I honestly, I would love nothing more in life than to live in an intentional community. Me too. Yeah, nothing more. I think it's the only way to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Because everything yeah. that, all these things that we talk about, they're to, they're totally in theory. Yeah, that's even right. Like, because even the most whatever of us, we still live a normal American life. We, that's right. We just do. And, and in order for us to get to the point where we can invite people into larger and larger communities, mm -hmm. then we have to actually start somewhere. And that's yeah. for me why, why, I mean, the only way to, the only way for any of us to be able to have that life is to be able to do it together. That's right. Because when you're doing it by yourself, you're not doing it. <laughs> you're not. You're really not. You're not. Doing it. You're not. And, and, and I think it's going to be yeah. hard, but it's going to be, you know, beautiful. And just think about, you know, what it means to have like mm -hmm. actual community and what that would be like mm -hmm. for the children to grow up in the place like mm -hmm. that. I just think about my niece and nephew and mm -hmm. what it would be like for them to grow mm -hmm. up in a place where there were 20 houses and they can knock on any, right. any, any one of the doors or just, you know what I mean? Just right. Yeah. Right. Be cared for and, and experience all kind of wonderful things and yeah. big community dinners on Thursday nights. And That's right. That's right. And, you know, That's movies right. outside and ponds right. and all. I mean, That's just right. all the things. I love it, right? All the things. Area, yoga area, mm -hmm. garden. All that. All. I have a whole design in my mind, Conda. Like, I've been taking this okay. down the road. Okay. okay, so let's talk about it and let's figure it out because I swear I am okay. serious. You heard it here first, folks, okay. on the Brown yeah. Rice yep. Hour. Y'all heard it. Brown Rice <laughs> Hour. You heard it. <laughs> we We're doing do it. it. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. And we're doing it. And, you know, this yeah. brings me to an interesting question that I wanted to talk to you about, too. Yeah. Um, and it has to do with in your in your bio, you talked about shifting global culture yes. to a culture of care. Yes. And I really want to talk about this culture of care, you know, because mm -hmm. I I think um, I feel like we and again, going back to the American culture of separation yeah. um, is that we have defined our um who we care about so narrowly yeah. right um because it's either me or you yes. know at my family my 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 yes. and and that's usually just my nuclear family because cousins right. and, no. and granny and all them don't necessarily right. have no. fit into it right and and a few friends can come in mm -hmm. you know but basically we have this culture that is i think of it as um this culture of me and yeah. that there's this filter 
that I think that one of the first filters that happens in our minds is like, um, in general, like, for example, there's so many things trying to get your attention, right? For when you're going down the street, just billboards or ads online, everybody's trying to get your attention. Hmm. And there's this filter that we have, this natural filter that says, what's it got to do with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so like, I could see something about, you know, um, owning a, a boat or whatever, I, yeah. you know, what's that got to do with me? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. we start to narrow down to what's it got to do with me. And then yeah. we find something. Oh, okay. Now this little area has to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that I, I'm, I'm curious about, and, and I want to have a conversation with you about mm-hmm. what has happened here across the planet, across the globe, around the murder of George, mm. George Floyd. Okay. Where the entire world mm-hmm. has shown care mm-hmm. and has been impacted. Mm-hmm. And it's like something happened that allowed that horrible murder mm-hmm. to jump over this filter of what's it got to do with me. And people seem to have widened their their definition of me. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe they have widened their definition of me. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what's happening. How did that happen? Why did that happen? (laughs) And one of the things I think about is that the coronavirus has tenderized Mm -hmm. everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're 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 wearing it on on our on our on our skin, and Mm -hmm. and we're rooting for life. We're rooting for life in this time of coronavirus. We're rooting for care for our life, for others' lives, and then this heinous outrageous thing happens. But I do think that I'm hopeful. And maybe, you know, I'm the glasses half full kind of girl. Me too. Is it that I'd love to get your take on it that how do you think that perhaps the the definition of me and care has widened? Or do you think it's just an anomaly? Um I'm I okay. So this is oh boy. I'm always out myself. I always yeah, out out myself as an esoteric kooky lady. So um <laughs> so I think a couple things are true. Okay. The reason why I am optimistic and that I'm a, ha- a glasses half full kind of girl is because I believe that the spiritual evolution of humanity is inevitable. I think it's happening all the time because I think the reason why humans come down to the planet earth is for our souls to learn and grow and evolve. So we are here, then we are opening up, we're blossoming as just beings. Just right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more humans come to earth and the more time we spend inhabiting this planet, the further humanity goes down that road mm-hmm. of ascendance okay if you will so the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards I justice i actually believe that that's true okay i really really do i do too and i think it mm-hmm. i think it bends more towards than just justice i think it bends mm-hmm. towards joy i think it bends towards love i think it bends towards community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and justice too because if you have all those things then you have justice so yeah right. i do think that okay i also think mm-hmm. God bless them. This president that we have, I think, has yeah. also really contributed to people being like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
can't be right. white. So like, right. this right. can't right. be. Right. This is a little extreme. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible to laugh about that. It's terrible. But I think so. I think that, like, I think that people are awakening to the possibility mm-hmm. that some of the things that we've been saying are true for the last whatever our lifetime are mm-hmm. are true mm-hmm. right Who's um, we? we've been saying you oh, don't know so people. funny i was i literally meant we like me and you literally meant that <laughs> but i also we? okay mean black people mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. women i mean okay. people who are concerned with humanity yeah people who are maybe a little bit further down that road of awakening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who are really thinking about um how to care for each other in a different kind of in a more robust more holistic way yeah i think that um people who are fighting for justice people who are you know Mm -hmm. who are um, fighting for the least of these Mm -hmm. all those that whole list of people have been saying like wow y'all this isn't working right not and working. the majority of people have been like, it's totally working. What it's are you working talking for me. about? It's working <laughs> right. for me. Right. Working for me. And now mm-hmm. I think even the people for whom it is working yeah. are starting to see, oh crap, it really is not working for them. It right. really is not. And it's not okay. And it's not right. ju- and it's not just because they're lazy or because they're whatever. It's like, whoa, like this dude is really whoa. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. the to put to put a face and a personality yeah. Yeah. on the punitive nature of America and American right. culture on communities that have been underestimated and under resourced and underserved mm-hmm. and in some cases just flat out beat down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has been, I think, another step. Like that's step mm-hmm. two. Like step one was like we're humans and we're growing. Step two was like whoa, this dude mm-hmm. is putting a microscope mm-hmm. on what it looks like for people to be systematically um oppressed yeah violated yeah um all those things um and i do think the coronavirus what coronavirus did was two things i think one i think it did three things i love that you said that we're we we want to live like we're looking for life that's so beautiful because i never considered that language but i think that that's true people are afraid and they're looking for signs of life yeah I also think that <clears throat> that coronavirus had us spend two months listening to the news talking about how black and brown people are dying yeah. faster, yeah. more, yeah. right? Faster, more, and higher numbers. Yeah. Talking about you know, pre-existing conditions and the in the the socioeconomic root of those can those pre-existing That's conditions, right. and like America is more. Uh, acutely aware and educated about mm-hmm. poverty and racism mm-hmm. and what that has done to the conditions of Black America mm-hmm. to the point where we're dying faster, yeah. right? And in, yeah. in higher numbers. The other thing that coronavirus did was have everybody sit on their butts at home for That's three right. months. That's right. And They're those not busy of us out that there. have a contemplative practice understand the power of silence and stillness. That's right. And the whole world, duh, the whole entire world has been mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. since March. Quiet. At least. Quiet. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think the combination of those things mm-hmm. set the stage for us to watch collectively right. George Floyd be murdered. And I think it wasn't just those things, but it was also the nature of his murder. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because what we what we have seen in the past from police murders of black men and women. Yeah. Right. Have been really violent. They've been like kinetic, like moving around and rustling and all there's been like very struggle struggly. Mm-hmm. But we literally saw this man was like so casual about it. It was mm, so, hands in his pockets. It was like he was mm-hmm. literally kneeling on the grass at the park. Right. It was like there was no argument to be made about, oh, well, if he had just not resisted arrest. Oh, if he had not done this thing. Oh, if he had not been running. Oh, if he had just followed orders. There was no right. space for all of the arguments that people always make right. about why someone, right. quote unquote, deserved to be murdered by the police or why they could have avoided or why it was their mm-hmm. fault. There right. was no, there was no, there was no, yeah. there was no nothing anyone nothing. could have said because the man legit looked like he was out to tea. Like it was just like, yeah. And I, and I, <laughs> And I know that people are having a hard time right now. I know that people are feeling uh, destabilized by the by the coronavirus and by the response to George Floyd's murder. But I am actually pretty damn excited about it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like finally, y'all, mm-hmm. we're having a whole conversation. Right. Finally. 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 In people America. are saying like white people are like, oh, wait. Oh, racism is the real right something's wrong yes something's really wrong and do you know how many black friends i have had conversations with who have been like whoa i was asleep at the wheel because i've been mimicking white male behavior my entire career to make it in corporate america and now i realize it's time for me to wake up see and those have been the most powerful conversations i've had see it's been it's been amazing yeah well, you know, the role of white supremacy that has infiltrated everything, everything. is in all of us. It's like mm-hmm. the white supremacist in me yep. That's right. has moments when I go, oh, check myself. That's right. Right. And so it's not it's, it, this is not just, you know, it affects white people. It is it all of us, everybody. everybody. And we yeah. have tried so hard to to mimic that which is actually killing us. That's right. Um, the lack of sacredness is what mm. I always point to. Mm. You know, mm. we don't we don't have anything that's sacred. No. That that and that is at the bottom of a mentality and ideology that has wiped out sacredness. Yeah. And so you can do anything, right? Literally. You can literally do anything Mm -hmm. because there's no moral foundation around what is sacred. Mm -hmm. And what then that leaves everything available to you Mm -hmm. to do. And whether it's destroying that tree over there or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we, we are all following that model. Yeah. And, um, I have to say that, you know, black and brown folks are not exempt from that. And we, it's very interesting. I'd love to hear or be a fly on the wall in those conversations you have. With black. <laughs> I haven't had any, but I have a warning that mm-hmm. I've been giving us. Oh, it's coming. 
Mm-hmm. I bet, yeah. Exactly. The other thing that's been super interesting because, you know, white supremacy is derivative of patriarchy. Right. So I have also been having a lot of conversations with men about Good. as many with men as I have about with white people about like, you know, this is not the time for us to just be like, we need to focus on race and we'll talk about gender. Right. No. 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 No, 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 no. That's right. <laughs> Let's get down to the don't, problem. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's no, right. we're not doing That's that. Right. And it's been really um the resistance I've gotten in those conversations is mm-hmm. more than the resistance I've gotten in conversations about race. It's and is that with 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 men of color? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> not not one <laughs> not one to be a part of the problem. <laughs> Not want mm-hmm. to be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful time to be alive. It's it is an amazing time. time. It's an it amazing time. It is really time. hard, but yeah. very, very rich. It is. And why I think one of the reasons why it's so rich is that Black women, Listen. let's just say it, are Come leading on. the way. Yeah. Black women are yes. absolutely leading the way. I mean, we're uniquely positioned to do that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, and the truth is, I mean, which my truth, the thing that I think is true is that what is happening right now is, you know, as we talk about the evolution of humanity, it's time for the rise of the divine feminine. In order for That's the right. divine feminine to live and be robustly in the forefront, then patriarchy and white supremacy have to die. They have to die. That is where we are. And if you want to talk about the embodiment of the divine <laughs> feminine and that sacred that you were talking about, that's black women. Mm-hmm. It is, and I think that there's just this natural movement, as you mm-hmm. said. I love what you first said about this experiment called humanity on the planet, yes. where we've come here <laughs> to just evolve and to go through all this stuff and to figure out, get over these obstacles, Ooh, and, you know, and say, yeah, who, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's school. Mm-hmm. We all in school, mm-hmm. and for that natural evolution, right now what is rising, seeing black women rising in this natural evolution. Okay. When I look at, you know, the movement for black lives, when I think about all the sisters that are in the lead and not only sisters, but queer sisters as well. Okay. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. And that this is the moment that is just this, this leader full Mm -hmm. movement Mm -hmm. that is rising is, Mm -hmm. is impeccable. And yeah. I am loving watching this happen. <laughs> Me too. I gotta say, I'm loving it. Me I'm too. loving it. Like finally, something I can get behind. Yes, come on, y'all, let's go. But you know, one of the things that comes to me is when I think about this upcoming election in November. Ciao. Are we talking about this election? Okay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go there because here's the deal. Here's the deal. White women. God bless them. God bless them. And my dearest friends, honestly, mm-hmm. have put this man in the White House. And we know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So it's like, what you going to do now? Will they keep him there? Is the Will they keep him there? Mm-hmm. And what does it take for Black women and white women to understand, to get over our huge divide that we have? Mm. Okay. Right. Can we, well, you're again, Glass is half full, so you're going to say yes, it's possible. But what will it take for that, for Black women and white women to actually, and women of color and white women, and understand 
each other in a way that we are working towards the divine feminine. So I believe that what is required for black women and white women to um, be able to work together for that is for white women to reconcile their relationship, their historical relationships in the slave economy mm-hmm. with their husbands, mm-hmm. the, their mm-hmm. slave owning, land owning husbands, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the role that they played in the home, the role mm-hmm. that they played in the terror, mm-hmm. and also yeah. the pain of. Um, Mm-hmm. not being able to live in their own full humanity. Right. Right? Like, what right. is it like to be a woman who is married with children and know that your husband is out raping women every night? That's right. And you see, and I, it's, this is, I'm so happy you said this because I have the theory as well that white women who were white, obviously, mm-hmm. but very disempowered as women. At very. The time, very disempowered. Very. You know, um, the man owned the land mm-hmm. and the plantation. Even got if it was these their, children. Parent, even if it was their daddy's land. Even though it was their it daddy's owned. land, they didn't own it. That's own. right. Mm-hmm. And then you walk around and suddenly you see these mixed race babies on the yep. plantation. And you know them, your mm-hmm. husband's baby. Mm-hmm. You know good and well. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. You know. And so what you do, because you have no power with the mm-hmm. husband, you take it out on the black house slave, yep. female house slave. Yeah. Right. And that schism and that whole historical um, harm is playing out, I think, right now. And not only do you take out your pain and your your um, disillusionment Mm -hmm. on the folks who you feel like you have power over, who in this case are black people, black men and women. Mm -hmm. But you also double down on your commitment to your white husband, your white land right. owning husband. Right. Because you have to, you feel like you have to, because if you don't, what are you going to do? Where are you? And so you can't be, you can't like the cognitive dissonance of That's this right. is, this is evil, but I have to stay here. Right. It's too much. So you right. go, this is right. And I get to, and right. I get to stay here and I want right. to participate as robustly right. as I possibly can. That's right. And that is why white women voted for Donald Trump because right. white women have historically in America been trained to support mm-hmm. and, um, and endear themselves to their husband's socioeconomic political whims for their own spiritual survival. Yeah. Because yeah. to look at their husband's face and say, what you're doing is wrong and I'm going to say something is too much for them. Yeah. It was yeah. too much. Yeah. And they are going to have to deal with the pain of that in yeah. order for them to be able to say, yeah. I want to be in this group of people who are willing to fight for the freedom of all people and the liberation yeah. of our souls. And until and unless that happens, it's not, it doesn't matter how many yeah. workshops we have. It doesn't matter. You know, you're so right. And I, I feel exactly the same way. And I keep thinking to, to, you know, kind of put a light underneath it and push it forward quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them doing that themselves to that level. They, they have women's have circles. Conversation. They don't I'm have this conversation. I've no. literally never Or analysis. No, no, no. Not this even, analysis. Even my, even the white women who I trust the most and work with the most. Yeah. That's not their conversation. Their conversation no. is not about healing their own relationship. Mm-mm. 
with slavery and slave ownership Mm-mm. and their husbands in the patriarchy. Now that's not, I've never heard never. Not one of them say that. Never. Their thing is about like humanity and, right. you know, like right. Right. all that, which, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah, but they but, skipped but, over the but, deeper but level. You, did, you skipped over your own healing mm-hmm. that's required yeah. for you to be in it for real and for you to yeah. invite your sisters in in a way that is actually right. um, healing and resonant for them. Because yeah. people who don't have the context around humanity, because everybody doesn't have that, like, mm-hmm. we should fight for everyone. Everybody don't have that. No. So, like, for the people who need to face their own pain and, the, and, the, and you know, and the, their own DNA and spiritual legacy, mm-hmm. Of slavery uh, as you know in the lineage of white women that's not that's not yeah I literally have never heard anyone else say that <laughs> so let me ask you a question let me mm-hmm. ask you a question yeah so we've identified that that is what's necessary mm-hmm. that that internal healing for white mm-hmm. women to 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 have that analysis and to do yeah. the work yeah in order for it to for us to you know get any further down the road together yeah. we also agree that that's not coming from them no ma'am we know it's coming from us yeah now let me ask you something as tired as we get Mm. of leading the way yes is there any energy towards leading the way for white women to see that yeah i mean i actually don't i i don't i don't think this is everybody's work but i i don't get tired about that I don't get weary of um, talking to white people about white people stuff. I mm-hmm. don't. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Um, what I do, what I have done recently is to have, which is really not just about that, but really about my work in general, my life in general, mm-hmm. is about what infrastructures and, and support is required for me to do this work and do it sustainably and in a healthy way for me. Right, right. So I don't right. have to then untangle myself right. at the end no. of the day, right? right. And be right. on the pile on the floor because right. that's what I've done in no. the past. How do you take and care so, of yourself? And the other thing is like so many of the white women who I feel um, really connected to are saying to me like do not do this by yourself like we are here like we are here allow us to to step into that space with you use us to be able to do whatever work we need to do in that space and 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 I it's funny because I never I never (laughs) yeah I never I never (laughs) even thought that that was a thing because I just Mm -hmm. there's so few there's so few people who are willing to do that you know what I mean yeah but yeah I don't for me, having those conversations is actually, I think, part of my work because yeah. I know there are so few people who are willing, willing and able to hold it, right? Yeah. But yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I can't, I can hold it. You can hold it. I, I can, can hold, hold it, it too. I love I that. Hold it. And you know, it goes back to me to um, this word ally, which I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the word ally. I don't like I it. I don't use it. I'm like, don't I can't you're trying it. to help me, girl. You better no. help yourself. That's right. Ally <laughs> is like, this is your problem, and I'm going to come and help you. No, right? ma'am. And no, ma'am. It, that is not the... Mm. But see, in, in my... I love the the idea of partnering. So if mm-hmm. we got rid of the word ally, because yeah. ally assumes like, you're coming to help me do something. That's my yeah. problem. Okay. Yeah. But if we change the word to partner, yeah. then we both have issues. Yeah. Right? We both... Yeah. Are, are bought in and now we can have this conversation as a partner yeah 
we can have the conversation that I need to have with you. You can have yep. the conversation you need to have with me. Yep. And nobody's an ally to anybody because the ally already puts into place a power structure that is not true. Yep. And it continues to center white power. That's right. So we get rid of ally. Yeah. We become partners with white women. Yeah. Now we have a playing field where we can bring about the kind of healing that everybody needs. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's funny because if anybody needs an ally, it's white women. Like, right. I don't, right, like right. You, right. I, right. You, you actually need our allyship and support. In your oh, absolutely. So, so that you can show up as a full partner. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. Um, but yeah, those the, that's there's two there's there's three words I do not use mm-hmm. that most people in the mm-hmm. not most lots of folks use when it talks yeah. when they're talking about race and class. One of them is ally. I yep. do not use that word. And anybody says it to yeah. me, I correct them and me I say too. that's not something I'm interested in. Me too. I the other word it. is minority. Oh gosh. I was raised to no. not like my father, the two words that I grew up not being able to say was the N-word and the M word. Like mm-hmm, we do mm-hmm. not say minority mm-hmm. in our house. My mm-hmm. father would say Mm-mm. that is a word that was meant to diminish us. We do not talk about ourselves that way. So I That's don't right. use that word. Love your parents. I don't use people of color. Right. And I'm right. like, don't erase me. Right. Don't don't right. center right. me in my right. lack of whiteness. Right. The right. least you could do is go on and say. Mm-hmm. indigenous black latinx mm-hmm. asian mm-hmm. api mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. it, it which which even those four or five things is not enough mm-hmm. to to talk about the robustness of my identity right. and my culture but that right. at least at least let's start there like i don't yeah. i do not yeah. want to be yeah defined yeah. by my lack of whiteness that's just as right. bad as Right. It's centering whiteness. POC <laughs> no, centers whiteness. Like, why are we still centering white people? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, y- you know, I... Th- Liberation three... vocabulary 101, folks. Take them three things <laughs> out your vocabulary today. <laughs> I think that was a good lesson already. I mean, we can close the book now and say, you know, this is done because that right there, those three, those, <laughs> those three lessons are uh, enough. So that was... No yeah. allies, no, no, minorities, no minorities, and no, no people, people of color. color. Okay, Mm-mm. done, Mm-mm. done. <laughs> Not on the brown rice hour, honey. <laughs> Not on the brown rice hour. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> oh, I love you so much, girl. Oh, you are really, you. You, you, no, 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 you, you, you. You know, I think about all that you've done and all that, and you imbue everything with mm. this, with this, this Anasaism, you. you know, this this Anasaism is just like if you can't help yourself, it's I all pervasive. I just stopped trying. I was like, yeah. bump it. No, 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 no. Don't even stop. Don't even stop. I mean, it's like I think about, like I said, when I started out, I think about um people want to see a linear line go across no. your life. Oh, you started here and then you did this yeah. and you did this and this no. and, and it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the first time I met you and I and I heard, because I didn't even, like, oddly enough, I didn't even meet you through the social justice. I met you because we have a mutual friend from music industry, Suzanne Koga. That's right. So when I met you and I heard your story, I was like, ah, there's another me on the planet. <laughs> Someone <laughs> understands me. <laughs> and we're going to live in an intentional community too. Don't forget that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's why I will always show up for you because yeah. I feel like you showing up for you is showing up for myself. Yeah. Because you Thank are you. the only person yeah. 
literally that I've ever met in my whole entire life whose path mirrors mine. And if I say anything to you at all, you are going to understand what I'm talking about. You will not look at me funny. You will not cock your head to the side. You will not ask for explanation. You'll be like, I got you. I got you. I got you. And vice versa. And vice versa. And that it's, is like it's rare. I mean, when it we is. Met, yeah, and I saw, yeah, our parallel paths yes. literally. Crazy. But not only just the things we do, the but people how, <laughs> and but how we do it and what's underneath yes, it. Yes, that's because right. Because you know that's what it right. is? That's Let right. me tell you what it is, Anasa. Tell me. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I know how I grew up and how you grew up. I grew yes. up loved. Yes, me too. And you grew up loved. One hundred percent. Your family loved you. My they family did. loved me. Mm-hmm. I never, ever, ever, ever mm-hmm. questioned that. It no. was, sur- we were surrounded by love and the possibility to do anything you can and you yes. want to in the world. Yes. That's the story I was told. That's the story you were told. That was the and that foundation, that foundation makes a huge, especially as black women in America. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because the, the, the story out there that's coming feeding back to you is just the mm-hmm. opposite. Right. That's right. And I always have that um, story that my parents told me to to lean on when people try to tell me something different. And mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to them. And it's funny because my parents will call me and be like, we're so proud. You did this thing. You did that thing. I'm like, I learned it from y'all. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Because my parents, like, my parents have similar lives. My my parents, like, started off in education. My mother was an English teacher. My dad was a, had a degree in gym education, like, physical education. Mm-hmm. And they ended up, then my parents went to professional school when I was three years old. My mother went mm. to law school. My dad went to medical school. Then my father got into public health. And my mother was a deputy attorney general. But they were also mm. dancers and drummers and mm. Mm. advocates. And yeah. my mother was a lay leader at the church house. It was like... I'm doing all the things that y'all did. It just looks different because, yeah, yeah. you know, because it's me. Yeah. But I, my parents um, definitely, definitely always told me that I could literally, they would say, you can do anything. <laughs> you can do anything, anything. Yep, yep, yep. And I believed them. And, yep, you know, clearly you did. I mean, the other thing is because my father was a doctor, my mom was a lawyer. When I was in middle school and people would say, what are you going to be when you grow up? They would, they would not say, what are you going to be? They would say, are you going to be a doctor or a lawyer? Right. Right. No and question. for a right. black girl, for those to be her two options. And I would be mad, like, I don't have to do either one. <laughs> like, how <laughs> dare you put me in a box? <laughs> because I didn't know that, I didn't know that black women didn't get to do that. I didn't know yeah, yeah. that you were supposed to be a teacher yeah, or a librarian. I didn't That's know. Right. That's I didn't right. know. And, and yeah. so I never mm. thought to do anything except for what my soul asked me to do. So, yeah. And you followed that. You always followed that. And you ended up in this place of culture, of deep culture. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I was supposed to be a lawyer and I didn't do that. I ended up in deep culture. Because you weren't supposed to be a lawyer. Because I wasn't supposed to be a lawyer. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be a lawyer. I and mean, that was the whole point in my house was culture. My parents, the reason my name is Anasa is because my parents were trying to build a West African cultural framework for me and my sister so we would know that who we were was dope, mm. no matter what. Right. That's right. all That's all they were doing. And so right. it just the thing that is interesting to me, though, like the thing that I'm asking myself because 
what they also did was weave the story for me about um, about justice, mm-hmm. which which means they're weaving a story about injustice, right? So right, right. The thing I don't know is who I would be if I wasn't making myself responsible for untangling race, class, and gender. Like if I just was like, I could do any, right. If I was actually free, actually not free of white people, not free of race, not free of nothing, but just free, just period. Right. What would I be doing? And that is my discovery right now. That is what I'm asking myself right now. It's like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, what if, there was what if there you didn't have to think about that right what if you didn't have right. to think about right right that right. what would you do see that's a that's a deep question and you know I, I i always find myself in situations like for example i'm on a board and um i'm on a lot of boards too many boards but mm-hmm. this one particular board is like you know i i find myself like I'm on the board because I've got a lot of ideas. <laughs> right? of I've got a lot that I could add. Of course. But I spend 99% of my time not adding to to the vision, but stomping out yes. the madness yes. around race and yes. patriarchy and all yes. that. Yeah. And so now my voice, like that's who Conda that's is. That's who you are. On that's that who board. I am on that board. When I can't even get to mm-hmm why I really want to be there because mm-hmm. all this I'm battling and showing yeah. up because I can't not do it. Yeah. I can't yeah. not let something go by and not, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I spend that. And so that becomes my identity yeah. versus all this richness that I have to add. The actual identity with that I can't, genius. that's right. And I can't get yeah. to it and I can't get to it. So it's like, that's the yeah. question that you're asking. Like what if none of that yeah. was there and we had the ability yes. To not deal with that, but to just bring our creative juices. Can you imagine? I mean, that's why I started the big we. The big we. Let's talk about the big we. was really like the mechanism I wanted to create to answer the question of who would I be if I was free. Mm. And I'm, you know, it's an experiment, so I'm not saying I'm free. I'm saying I got a thing to help me get free. (laughs) Girl, do you even know what what does freedom look like? Like, what is it? Who the hell knows? I do not know. Like, don't know know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like or feels like or anything, but I assume that when I get there, I'll know. Or I I assume that the pursuit of it is worth. Ooh, girl. Maybe it's not a goal. Maybe there is. Maybe it's not a goal. Maybe it's just the path, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. because the, the the inquiry alone is transformative. Right. Just oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Actually, I want to be free in real life. And what does that mean? It's a, it's a life-changing. <laughs> life-changing conversation to be having. So I got to tell you something. I feel, what? I, feel, I, feel, I feel really bad that I haven't been invited to the big we, honey. You know what? I need to be invited, right? Come yes, on now. Yes, you can be invited. Come on now. Come on. Right? All right. Oh my God, that would be so good. <laughs> can I can I knock on the big wee door and because I want to be free? Listen, you are more than welcome to come to the big wee. That would be so dope. Yes, you're invited. Let's figure it out. Okay, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. What a good idea. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The big wee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so are is that is that it's a it's a group of women? Is it no. black women? So it's is it anybody? Off- no, it started off as a podcast. 
It's so the I, we started the podcast maybe two. We we're on season three right now, so we started mm-hmm. the podcast maybe a year and a okay. half, two years ago. Okay. And um, I realized that I'm like, wait, I've been spending my whole life building cultural strategies for other people. And no one's doing what I think they should do. Why don't I just okay. do it my own self? Right, right. And so I started the work of taking the podcast and expanding it from a podcast to a media platform and then mm-hmm. building all these um, interventions and engagements based on the stories that we were telling. And so right. we still have the podcast, but now I'm writing a book and we're talking about film and TV and we're talking mm. about like all the different ways that we can tell graphic novels. Like what are the stories mm. that we want to tell that embody the world that we want to live in. Like what are right. our, what are our stories of being free for real? Right. right. And then how do we engage people in those stories in such a way that they can then go and practice that freedom in their real lives? I love it. Which is like part of this reason why I'm in Memphis and why I'm doing the work at Claiborne and how the work at Claiborne is it really um, inspiring me to do more of that work across the South. So it's like, why I don't want to just tell stories to inspire people. I want to tell stories and inspire people and then invest in them so those inspirations can come to life. Good. You know what I'm Good. saying? Because yes. like beautiful too many of us are telling stories to do like the quote unquote narrative shift and then we leave it at that. And right. there's no right. way for people to practice being the way that we're asking them to be in our stories. And right. so right. the big we is really for anyone who um who wants to tell a story of liberation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> You're so badass. Yes. I love you. You are just <laughs> amazing. You. And Oh my God. And and, and we haven't even gotten to Claiborne Temple and you as a developer. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. crazy is that? that is so I'm crazy. Never. I You're never a developer. thought I'd be a developer. So, I born Claiborne Temple. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. tell me a so, little bit, tell the audience a little bit about what that is and how that happened and yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. So, Don't, I came. And the importance to of that place, of that yeah. historical. Yeah. So, I came to Memphis because I have a girls program and I was. Um, getting I had a funder here and I there was someone was like you should go by Claiborne Temple and I'm like I don't know what that is okay I'll go and I go by and I open the door and like walk in and my whole brain exploded with all these colors and stories and voices and I'm like what what have I just walked into <laughs> what is this place Juicy turns out it is the historic organizing headquarters for the sanitation worker strike of 1968 which your listeners would know um if they know those iconic i am a man signs Mm -hmm. those signs came from this movement and Mm -hmm. it was the last campaign that martin luther king did before he was assassinated and in fact he was assassinated four tenths of a mile down the road from historic labor temple at the hotel at the lorraine motel right and so the interesting thing about the building, so, well, I, I could talk about this for four hours, so I'm going to do this, okay, the yeah, super short Exactly, version. right. Because this building is one of the most beautiful spaces I've ever been in, but it also, mm. to me, is um, the embodiment of the story of race, class, and militarism in America, mm-hmm. right? And if you if you listen to King's speech that he made a year to the day before he died, 
April 4th, 1967, um, at Riverside Church, the Beyond Vietnam speech. Yep, yep. Where he said, like, the work, the work we've done around race is really powerful, but if we really want to have a free country, we have to do the, we have to do the work of the intersection of race, class, and militarism. That's right. And the reason why he came to Memphis to work with the sanitation workers is because he saw that work being exemplified in Memphis, and he was mm-hmm. having a hard time convincing people that that was the right thing to do because mm-hmm. they were like, you are messing us up. We're right. losing donors. We right. need to focus on race. Like, stop talking about race. all this other stuff. We don't need That's to right. have a multiracial, low, like, poverty poverty what no we're talking about black people keep stay focused and keep it moving and so he was like if i go to memphis and i help them make this work then i can show people what i mean and have a way to be able to take this conversation to scale across the country and he was planning the poor people's campaign right so that's right so the work of the sanitation worker strike that was happening at claiborne temple was to be his mvp for the mm-hmm. for the right for the <laughs> for for the corporate campaign, he was like, this is my proof of concept. Mm-hmm. I can make this work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I started to like really research, oh, right. So I eventually started working with the guys who owned the building and was um, commissioned to co-write and produce a musical about the sanitation worker strike for the 50th anniversary of King's assassination. That's how I got involved with them. Okay. So I'm researching, reading all these things, watching movies, talking to people. And I read the story about the first African-American millionaire Mm -hmm. named Robert Church Mm -hmm. and how he was a a slave. He was a a mixed race enslaved African whose father was his master. But we talked about this earlier Um, and whose whose father was also his officer um, in the, uh, in the Confederate army. Oh, right. It's the whole very convoluted thing. So there's this whole thing, mm. civil war comes, union army comes there, mm-hmm. the, the, Na- the union Navy, cause they're on the Mississippi river okay. having like straight up war battles war. on the Mississippi. Right. Right. right and right. the union Navy comes and Robert church is like, this is my chance. I guess I can, I can, I can go. And mm-hmm. the story is that he jumps ship off of Mm -hmm. his dad's ship Mm -hmm. and he swims to the shore and he frees himself and he ends up making this whole fortune in real estate Mm -hmm. in downtown Memphis. It's a very, really, it's an amazing story. Wow. But the point is, that's the movie right there. It's, I want to write his movie so bad. Yeah, that's a movie. Mm -hmm. So the thing is like, he has this whole thing. There's like yellow fever plague, like half of Memphis dies or leaves. Mm-hmm. He saves the city by buying the first municipal bond. He has all this land. He grows his empire more. He found, he's the founder of Beale Street. He's, he makes he's the, the founder of Beale Street. Founder of Beale Street, the, the, um, the supporter of W.C. Handy, the supporter of Ida B. Wells, like all the work that oh she did in God. Memphis. He paid for all of it. Like oh his story, right? And then the second generation, his son, you know, ever heard um his son is as robert church jr mary church terrell if you heard that name is his daughter so like his kids are like very active in the in politics as black wow. people in the turn wow. of the century right wow so his son is like my dad built you know um financial uh, wealth for black people i'm gonna build political wealth for us and he goes to this mm. whole thing gets mm. in bed with the white power politicians in memphis they eventually seize all his land Mm-hmm. And then burn his father's house to the ground. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, because the, coincidentally, this all happens around the corner from historic Claiborne Temple. 
Okay. And what I realized is that the history of Claiborne Temple and the history of Memphis mm-hmm. from the beginning, mm-hmm. right, from the day that Batman jumped ship, is <laughs> right, is this continuum. Like the 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 mayor in 1968 is is the is the mayor in the 1800s that was right. It's like this whole consistent story of yeah, yeah, yeah. of um, of the 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 work of black folks to build this mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. and sovereignty mm-hmm. and the white power structure doing their best to destroy it. Right. And even to today. And right. I was like, Oh, Oh, this, 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 this story is not about the sanitation workers at all. <laughs> this, uh, this, my work here is not about this one moment. Just like right, right. I need to stay here and I need to help restore the legacy of the sanitation workers, but also Robert Church and Mary Robert Church, Church. Rill, Ida B. Wells and right, right. Cornelia Crenshaw and all of them, yep. right? Yep. Reverend Lawson, yep. I'm like, these yep. are the people whose stories I need yep. to hold. Yep. A retell and then animate mm-hmm. for people because because so that they can practice in the 21st century, mm-hmm. and so Claiborne Temple like there's a whole dramatic story about how I wrestled with not really but like wrestled with the owner had a really terrible nasty power struggle with this old older white man Christian evangelical who looked at me in my face and said no one's ever going to give you money you can't do this you might as well just stop. And how I raised his money and bought this building from him, right? That's a whole another two hours. So, 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 but the but the end result is that you raised the money and you raised the money. You 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 bought the building. We got the building. So you got the building. We now are like, yeah, we're we're doing this restorative economy work, restorative restorative development. We're telling stories and we're inviting people in, and we're like. Oh, this is not just a Memphis story. This is an international conversation yeah, about yeah, like the sovereignty yeah. of black wealth, the sovereignty yeah. of black culture and our stories and the impact that we have on the planet. Anessa yeah. Troutman, I'm telling you. I, I mean, you just passing through <laughs> and, and now you own Claiborne, Claiborne Temple. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and you know, again, it's that going back to the beginning of the conversation that you said, this evolutionary impulse. I think of it as an evolutionary impulse that is alive and well that we are being animated through making choices along the way, but completely animating our lives. I think even back further to the beginning of our conversation, when you're like acknowledging the land and acknowledging our ancestors, because I, I honestly think that the souls who are uh, living in and attached to Claiborne Temple asked me to do this work. Like yes, the indeed. Black people yeah. who who toiled, you know, like all the Speak. names I mentioned, all of the sanitation workers, all the, you know, people whose names we will never know. Yeah. They, I don't think that they were pleased with what was happening. And they were looking for someone to liberate that space and give it back to That's Black right. people, right? And I think yep. um, the conversation that we've been having, not just about Black folks, but like, how do we reconcile the conversation that even in ownership of a space that became a Black sacred space is really Indigenous sacred land. That's right. And how are we supposed to, how do we have that conversation? Because right. you can't be like, well, no exactly. one should own it because then someone right. else will, right? right. And right. Right. So really this, like all the wrestling right. that we're doing. Mm, that is so really, at the core of the conversation of it land. It is. It's like. At the conversation of land right. is stewardship and ownership that's right. that's because right. we don't own it. And yet, if you don't um, own it, you know who's going to own it. It's going to be developed. And it's going to 
That's right. Um, so you got to own it and steward it. Yeah. And it's like that combination of ownership yeah. and stewardship is it's what you're doing. It's a difficult and really juicy yeah. place to be. And you know what you said is that, and this is what I really believe mm-hmm. is happening right now on this planet. Mm-hmm. And it always has, but it's just heightened now. And it has to do with our ancestors. And that is why I always begin with that, because I do believe that the intensity of what's going on right now and our response to this yeah. to this virus, and I'm not talking yeah. about the coronavirus, yeah. I'm talking about the virus of humanity's yeah. Yeah. lack of sacredness and, and destroying everything in, its, in yeah. its way. I believe that there is a direct speaking to of yeah. our, our ancestors are, are driving us to do the work that we're doing yeah. right now. I feel it so strongly, Anasa. I feel it so strongly. I know that the many, many millions and millions and millions Mm -hmm. of hours Mm -hmm. that they toiled, all right, and Mm -hmm. and all, everything that happened, Mm -hmm. that those hours that they never got paid, Mm -hmm. that they have been banked as time. You know what? You just said something. They have been banked as time, and we are stepping into this time zone where that's where the energy is, and it's moving us forward. That is what I really believe. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Whoa. That's what I believe. And I also, and it's not just for Black folks. I'm talking white folks, all of us. You know, white folks have lost the connection to even claiming ancestry. We all have ancestors. Listen, I keep telling these people, I don't care who you got people, ancestors. Ancestors and everybody has indigenous wisdom. Because we people all are have from indigenous somewhere. That's right. We all have indigenous wisdom. Mm-hmm. And 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 the buying into, you know, what whiteness has brought to yeah. to folks. It was like everybody. at the cost of what? Of losing and and walking away from the ancestors. Yeah. And that's the one thing that we at least have held on yeah. to. And it is the motivating and driving animating factor yeah. that I think is playing out right now. So Amen. I love that you said that, that, you know, you're going to Claymore Temple and knowing that there's a deeper reason why I'm here yeah. and just saying yes. And that's the thing yeah. about you, Anasa, is that you say yes. Yes, I do. You say yes. And it mm-hmm. comes again back to your parents and to mm-hmm. how you were raised mm-hmm. and loved and saying yeah. you are a yes person on this planet that is so beautiful <laughs> that's who you are honestly that's awesome thank you for saying that yeah and that's and that's awesome. why i just i i see you <laughs> so deeply and resonate so deeply and i'm so i always say i'm proud of you i'm just proud of you <laughs> <laughs> and all the work that you're doing in community and for the world and for all people and that yeah. you still have that that love and desire and patience and to work with everyone and yeah. say, let's do this together because our liberation is tied. That's right. Our liberation is tied. I'm not going to get out of this yeah. without you. Nope. And I'm not going to get out of this without Karen. Nope. She okay. Come too. Karen got to come. And Karen got to do some work. Too. <laughs> Karen got to do some work, but Karen got to come. Yeah. I can't well, I get like out of it say, without her. I like to say that my goal in life is to build spaces where everyone is welcome and everybody's clear about the rules of engagement. 
Yeah. Uh, you can come in here as long as you follow the rules. You can't just be up in here acting crazy. But you can be up in here, and until you're ready to come inside and follow the rules, you can sit outside in front of the door. But you can hear all the singing and smell the food and hear Mm. feel the warm air coming out from inside. And maybe it'll entice you to get your act together because you are, anytime you are ready to engage in your full humanity, with our full humanity, you are welcome to come inside. Yeah, that's what I love. That's what I love. And it's interesting because that's, those are the spaces that, that I have been, had the, you know, blessing to build when I built, you know, Impact Hub Oakland was that, that space of come on in here and come on in here. Right. And let's get right together. Yeah. And let's get right together. Well, you know, we, 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 we've had our time and I just have to say, um, (laughs) wow. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for living um, a life that I can follow. Mm, mm. I don't know who's following who. <laughs> I just think we side by side right now, my sister. I'm we're here for it. Let's side. go. Let's we side go. by side. I love you. You take good care of yourself. Stay safe. Stay, you stay, stay, stay healthy. You too. And all this, this crazy virus. And we need you. We need you. Mm-hmm. We need you in your fullness, taking care of yourself and doing the good work. And yeah. Yeah, many blessings to you, my friend. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Peace and blessings. I love this conversation. It's so good. I know. We'll pick it up. We'll continue to pick it up. <laughs> we'll be off. See camera. you in Memphis. See you in Memphis. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, love. Be All right. Well. Okay. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BeHereNow.